Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dean Rogers. Welcome back to the Dean Rogers Show. Today, we've got an absolute special guest, Mr. Zach Booth. What's up, Zach? Hey, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, We were almost having too much fun before the show. I was like, (laughs) I mean, that's all the stuff like you almost like got to record. But anyways, it's too funny, man. Hey guys, welcome to the Dean Rogers Show, where we talk about real deals that we're doing and bring on awesome guests to talk about how they're finding success in their business to inspire and motivate you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right, see you on the show. Let's let's let all the listeners know who you are, what you're about. Um, so you you went from a window cleaner to real estate investor. Uh, that's something we're definitely going to have to unpack. How did you even make that transition? What did that look like? Um, and you are now teaching people driving for dollars mastery. So you can find Zach at drivingfordollarsmastery.com. That's DFD mastery.com. Um, and, uh, we're, we're, we're got to talk. You told me before the show about your, your challenge you gave yourself, uh, going to Florida. Um, so we're going to, we're going to pack that story. You guys can find Zach at Zach Booth with an E at the end, Zach Boothy. Uh, and it's, on, and it's also Zach <laughs> Z-A-C-K, not the C-H, right? I spell it correctly yeah. for all those yeah. other Zatches out there. <laughs> that's, that's gotta be like a point of contention, right? Like you're, you're spelling it wrong. No, you're spelling it wrong. No, I'm right. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna have to get into the Zach Boothy story, but Zach Booth with an E at the end. Um, you can find him on all the different social media platforms. So um, let's talk about you, man. Let's talk about uh, the Boothy story first because that was too good. You started to tell me. I was like, no, let's hold it. So tell me about. The yeah, he booth. wanted to make Dean wanted to make sure he pronounced my my name correctly, and I, he said, "Is it Boothy or Booth?" And I was like, "No, it's Booth." Um, we just added an E when John Wilkes Booth killed Abraham Lincoln. So my family <laughs> history, uh, yeah, we didn't want to be associated with that booth. So all the booths without an E, y'all are, you know, you're probably related to me, but we think we're better than you because we changed yeah. our we changed our name a little. But that was a marketing <laughs> strategy back then. Like they were like, yeah, dude, PR. Oh, we gotta we gotta disassociate here. here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. funny. So my, it's funny you say that. So you said you you're family changed the last name from England. Um, my dad's side of the family is all from England. My mom's side's from Germany and mm. their last name is Slifa. And, uh, it. and it's, no, it's, it's actually Slife. Now it's Slife. When, when their family came over on the boat, they're like Slifa. No, it's Slife. Uh, so that's awesome. That's, it's funny how that happens. Um, mm. Well, dude, let's talk about uh, you and and how you went from a, a hillbilly window cleaner to a hillbilly real estate investor. <laughs> let's talk about that story. Uh, he says hillbilly, guys. I want to clarify this. When he says hillbilly, <laughs> I just love being in the mountains and adventure. So we, me and Dean met at a like a live event in in Florida. And I'm like, Dean, I've lined up a bow fishing adventure at night 
Um, <laughs> you know, do you want to come hang out with me? Cause I met him there. I thought he was cool. And, uh, cause one of my buddies bailed and, and, uh, while I was there, I was hunting alligators and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. So, um, he yeah. also saw some of the text during me in my office. Anyways, that's, that's why that's where that comes from. Um, but I'm a sophisticated, uh, redneck. The only, the only thing though, is my grandfather had one tooth and a gun to his name. So I guess I do come from rednecks. I, I definitely come from that, <laughs> that world. But, um, yeah. How did I become a real estate investor from a window cleaner? Well, more than anything, it was a desire, you know, it started with this desire. It started with this pain point of, of, um, you know, kind of being sick and tired of being in that industry. I started that business when I was 17. I built it for a decade, you know, and in the outside looking in, I was pretty successful, but ultimately I could barely cover, you know, family expenses. And I remember like the, the breaking point where I was like, okay, this is done. And the pain was more than I could bear was the day my son was born actually. Mm. And I remember it was the most beautiful experience watching my wife give birth and like, it was so special. Like it was a, uh, it was a spiritual experience. I was just so in awe of, of everything that had happened and watching all of that, you know? And I remember a little bit later that day though, the nurse came in and talked to us about the payments and the bills. And I remember I got the pay the bill and, you know, projected bill. <sighs> if we left the next day and I remember I couldn't even get close to covering the bill. And I remember being so distraught and feeling so inadequate as a man. Mm. And like, I can't even cover his medical bill. Like, I'm not ready to be dad. Who the hell am I? Right? Like, you're a loser. And those are the things that I was telling myself. And I remember feeling unworthy of the love and the trust that my wife had for me. And I was in a dark place. And then I was beating myself up that I couldn't just find gratitude for this beautiful boy and for how lucky I was to be a dad. And I remember that bothered me that I was so yeah. focused on money. And I remember I was like, I have to make a change because if not, like, I don't deserve this, you know, I don't deserve this family and the pain of not giving my family what I wanted to give them. And the expectations that I had for myself was just more than I could take. And so at that point, I really dedicated myself to finding a way out of it. And that's kind of how it really, really started. That's when the podcast, listening to podcasts, reading books, trying to find a way and find that mentor and that guide to get me out of that position started. That's big. Yeah. It's a heavy weight. And I think that's how most people find real estate. I mean, obviously we're, we're in real estate, so we know a lot of real estate people. Um, and I think a lot of us find real estate because of some necessity, like there's yeah. got to be something else. So how did you, through that transition, how'd you end up finding real estate? Was it like right away? Was it after trial and error? How'd you land on real estate? So I'd already bought a duplex. We were living one side and renting the other, right? When we were first married and it was great. Like the tenants covered the payment of my mortgage. So we were living for free, which helped because I didn't make very much money as a window cleaner. Um, but then my wife wanted a single family home to raise her kids. So I got her one and, uh, you know, her wish is my command. I love her to death. She's freaking most amazing thing ever. And she's always believed in me and I'm so grateful. I get to spoil her now because she deserves it. And I remember we first married, like, did I fought with her over a $20 DVD player she bought behind my back, you know, like straight up 20 bucks. I was like, how dare you? You know, um, anyways, um, 
I had had some success with that duplex. And then I was like, there's got to be another way, right? Like, how do I become a wealthy real estate investor without having money first? Because after that first duplex, and then I was in a single family home, I wanted to buy another rental. But then they're like, well, you need 25% down. It's like, well, I don't have 30, 40, 60 grand. And then they wanted debt to income ratios, which I didn't meet, right? Like I just, I had all these obstacles. I was like, well, how do I become rich without being rich? How do I become an investor? You know, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad that talks about, you know, you know that book. And then I read Cashflow Quadrants. And I was like, well, how do I become the investor without first having the money, without having the success? And I, was, and I didn't know where to start. And that's why I started listening to books. That's what gave me that interest. But it was, it was back, um, back in about 2017, I met uh, the guy that I had mentioned to you, Dean, it was uh, Tom Kroll. Tom Kroll at the time was running a company called Wholesaling Inc. and coaching. Uh, he doesn't doesn't coach at that level anymore. He's kind of coaching coaches and helping coaches right now. Um, and he's, you know, consulting me at the coaching level. Um, but, you know, at that time he was wholesaling. He's not doing that anymore. And he taught me how to wholesale. And that was like the the moment that everything changed. I immediately quit washing windows, went to my window cleaning business partner. And I said, I quit. Um, he thought I was crazy. He's like, mm -hmm. you're going to go bankrupt. Wholesaling is not real. You can't make money. Um, and I ran with it, man. And I, in the first like eight months, I made over six figures and way made way more money in, in that first eight months than I ever made in a whole year washing windows and building a business for a decade. It was just from there, it was just insane. The growth that I've had. But that was kind of how I got my start is having the right mentor that that I trusted and that was there for me to answer my questions and get me there. Yeah, that's awesome. So you went from having that pain inside, pushing you to look for something else. Um, you started that journey. How did you find Tom online with, with Wholesaling Inc.? Great question. So he had a business partner at the time named Cody Hoffine and Cody spoke at the event that you and I were at. Um, I don't yep. know if you caught his super motivational talk, yep. um, but I actually worked as their acquisition manager for a few months too. So Cody Hoffine had a wholesaling operation here in Salt Lake City um, and his business partner of the wholesaling business was uh, Mark Stubler. And they still have it. And they've now built out a franchise for wholesalers called Joe Homebuyers. Um, but Cody Hoffine and Tom Crow were actually business partners in Wholesaling Inc. to teach people how to wholesale. And so I had seen Cody speak at a REIA group, right? A Real Estate Investors Association group. Um, and I was there present and hearing him talk about wholesaling and how life-changing it was. And I was like, dude, I could do that. I have work ethic. I could find flips for flippers and get paid an assignment fee and then cherry pick the best ones for rentals. I was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. This is, this is how the wealthy become wealthy without, you know, this is the chicken before the egg or the egg before the chicken. Like, this is how I can get in, even though I don't have a rich uncle, even though I'm not rich already, I can earn my keep. Like I can get in and, and make this happen for myself. So when I heard him speak, um, it gave me the belief that this is the path. This is something I could do. That's exactly how it all, all happened actually. So, yeah, I think that's once you understand that you can get into the game with little to no money yeah. uh, and the barrier to entry is really what effort you're willing to put in. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. It's eye opening. Um, so you found Tom you saw, you saw Cody at like a local real estate investing association meetup. Yeah. There was like, like 10, 15 people in the room. That was it. 
And that's, that's wild. <laughs> that's yeah. wild. Yeah, because so, he's a big, big time guy now, right? Yeah. Where at the time he, you know, he was he's always been an amazing guy, of course, but you know, he didn't have the notoriety and exposure and and audience and you know accomplishments and accolades that he has now. But yeah, it was um, you know, I met someone that that uh help me get there. You know, and like I said, while I was doing my own stuff, I also took a job. They posted an ad that they need an acquisition manager. So I was also wholesaling on the side and then working for them, negotiating their deals. And so I got, I got trained by Cody and Mark Stubler and he's Mark Stubler's kind of in the background, but uh, Mark Stubler is just, just an amazing coach and negotiator himself. And so I learned a lot from, from working with them as well. That's crazy. Um, yeah, so though I mean that was that was a huge momentum shift for you right then. Um mm-hmm. how did you find a way in eight months to make six six figures? Like that's that's a big accomplishment. Um most people dream of doing something like that. What was it exactly that you were doing to find deals? Where were you doing them? Uh, what was that like? Well, it didn't last forever because like after I made that six figures, there's like three months where I didn't make a single deal. And that's where driving for dollars was actually born, like the start of it. So in the first, and that's kind of what, you know, is the main problem people are dealing with now is, you know, Wholesaling Inc. was just starting to get momentum, like the wholesaling space, like the influencers were really starting to push it heavy at that point. Um, so I kind of had the timing in my benefit, uh, but, but, you know, he taught me how to get lists from listsource.com. It's kind of like a prop stream. Most people are familiar with it, you know, going to County and, and, uh, city buildings and getting free information, uh, for homeowners information and reach out and see if they want to sell. So eviction probate, those kinds of lists. And I was just reaching out with postcards, seeing if they wanted to sell. But then, like I said, I had like three months where I was like, dude, I don't, I don't have crap. Like I don't have any leads. I don't have any money. Like, am I going to have to go back to washing windows? And, um, so I did well by listening to my coach. I learned the process. I made some money, but it, you know, I had some savings in the bank. I was, I was okay, but you know, three months goes by with no income and you start to like panic. Oh yeah. Yeah when you're in charge, right? And your family depends on you and your wife's not working. It's just you, you know, and you have kids that you're feeding. And I was like, you know, my worst nightmare, my, my old business partner said I was going to fail. Here it is. You know, I'm going to fail. And I had to find a way to proactively solve the problem. I had to avoid the competition. And that's what most people are dealing with right now is there's so much competition. There's so many people that are doing this. I remember Evo at Batch Leads. Evo uh, owns a skip tracing company and they also do texting and um, you know data. And, and a guy named Brent Daniels was interviewing him. And he said that people just through his text blasting services, um, there's certain homeowners that are getting as many as text mess- 10 text messages every single day. My goodness. Just because they're that. on... Yeah, just because they're on certain lists. And so if you guys have tried this, you know, people listening in, if you've called or texted or have postcards, you have people pissed off and saying, I've gotten 10 calls today. They're not lying, people. They're not lying. It's because everyone's doing the same kind of marketing, right? Can you still make money with some of those generic lists like PropStream and 100%? But I was dealing with a very competitive market. I mean, I had a Mark Stubler and a Cody Hoffine in my market, right? I have big dogs here. I have, you know, a, a Matt Oviet. I have Jason Lewis. I have some top dogs in my market that are, you know, doing multiple millions per per year. 
And I had to find a way to compete as someone that didn't know how to negotiate yet, someone that didn't have a lot of experience yet. And um, I thought, how did I build my window cleaning business? I had a proactive way to go out and get clients. I knew how many doors I had to knock on to get someone to answer. I knew how many answers I had to get to get someone to let me do a bid. And I knew how many bids I had to get to get a contract. So I knew exactly how many minutes that I had to door knock to get X amount of revenue into my business. And I eventually got two people running each side of the street saying, I'm doing bids for window cleaning. Do you want to bid for window cleaning? So all I had to do is go behind them, do bids and close, right? So like I had a very systematic approach. I built a half a million dollar a year window cleaning business off of door knocking. But I had a very systematic approach to make that happen. And it took me a long time to develop. And I was like, dude, that's what I need. I need a way that I could earn my success in this space. I got to get leads in a way that I can completely control. And so I thought I invented the idea of driving for dollars. It's been around forever, guys. I didn't invent it. I thought I did. I really thought I did. I'm an idiot. Right? <laughs> I love that. I love it. <laughs> I thought I invented driving for dollars. I did not. I just want you to understand I did invent a very systematic approach that I call driving for dollars mastery. And that is I know exactly where to drive what properties to look for, exactly how many you have to add, exactly how to reach out to that list. And I came up with a very, very systematic approach. So I went from three months to not having any deals to within the next 12 months after that, doing just shy of a half a million dollars in income because I started doing driving for dollars and starting creating a systematic approach. The crazy thing is I thought that I had tapped out the potential of driving for dollars by doing a half a million in the first year, the next year we did $1.2 million from driving for dollars. Wow. Yeah. So driving for dollars was born out of like, so I had the oh crap moment, found wholesaling. I'm like, woohoo, we made it. And then I have an oh crap moment, my, my marketing dies. And then I find driving for dollars and it's just been absolutely incredible ever since. So if, if the listeners didn't catch that, I think what's really cool about that part of the story, which I didn't know before, is the fact that you developed something that worked in a skill set that you had. And then when things got tough in real estate, you applied some of those skills you already developed into a way that you you knew could potentially work and got incredible results. So um, that's that's awesome. So what what is your your business right now your investing business are you still only doing driving for dollars or does it make sense just for for people that are listening like oh man you know i'm i'm burning the boat so i'm doing only driving for dollars which you know you as you proved and and a lot of your students have proven um you certainly can have great success with driving for dollars but do you encourage doing additional marketing strategies in addition to driving for dollars uh, yes, but it very much depends. I will say this, the very first marketing channel, the only marketing channel that you should have is driving for dollars until you have tapped out the potential of driving for dollars in your area. Then you can add more, right? So <clears throat> too many people take a shotgun approach to their marketing right? They like, they like make a little campfire over here and then they run a mile and then build another campfire. And then they're running back a mile and putting some wood on and they run back a mile. And like both those fires aren't burning and putting off heat, 
right? Instead of just keep adding wood, keep adding gasoline to that fire to generate the warmth that we need. And what I mean by that is if you have a marketing channel that's profitable and making you money, can you put more gasoline on that fire to pay you more? right? You shouldn't go open up and try SEO and PPC and, and postcards to this list and then try that list and then try this list until you've maxed out the potential of one. So if you have one channel right now, that's working really good. Let's say, let's say you're doing PPC, you're spending money to, for Google ads when people search key terms and you're making really good money, you're spending 10 cents to make a dollar, right? We'll keep increasing your ad spend till you start getting diminishing returns, meaning the more you spend, the less you're starting to make, right? The less leads that you're making. You've tapped out the potential. You could tweak and maybe adjust and, and that kind of stuff. The cool thing with my Driving for Dollars Mastery system, I know exactly what it looks like to have maxed out the potential of driving for dollars in your area. So I'm going to give a gold nugget here. This is how you know you've tapped out driving for dollars in your area. First off, you drive your entire market that you want to market to, every house, every neighborhood that you want to market to, every six months. I drive my market every six months and get fresh data to market to. I don't build a big list and then market to it for a year. I drive it every week and build a list. So we add in just here in Utah about 2,000 properties every single week to our driving for dollars list and redrive every street every six months. Okay. So that's the full potential of how many addresses you can drive before you start getting diminishing returns. How often you reach out to the list and how you reach out to the list is another one, right? So we do texting, cold calling, and postcards to our driving for dollars list. Um, we'd send a postcard every other, we send a postcard immediately and do a postcard every other month for three rounds. And then when we redrive, if they're still on our list, we continue to send those postcards. Texting, we send three total text messages, one immediately, and then we do a follow-up sequence uh, as as fast as uh, batch leads will allow. I think it's like every eight days we can send a follow-up if they haven't responded. So you'll send a total of three. You'll send text one messages. immediately and then one eight every days. other eight days. Yeah, and whatever the requirement is. Just three that's texts it. to that person. <clears throat> three texts, and then we do five cold call attempts, okay? Uh, there are some little tweaks. For example, the worst of the worst, the vacant houses, there's there's a little door knocking that happens to those. There's a little bit extra effort that goes into getting a hold of those people because they're guaranteed money. Um, there, uh, We subsection our driving for dollars list. For example, we know of every address that we add, what the ownership status is. Is it owner occupied? Is it absentee? Is it corporate owned? Um, and so those properties get different marketing. For example, corporate owned, we don't text or cold call because it's really inaccurate phone numbers unless you go up, go to opencorporates.com and figure out who filed the LLC. It's yeah. just not worth the uh, the cost for an admin to go in and do that. So we just send postcards to that subsection yeah. of our list. Um, but yeah, like we have very, very clear, exact, measured, studied, and and um, actual factual numbers on the decisions we're making around our marketing. And that's not just for my own business, but this is for multiple businesses of people that I've coached and helped put these systems in place all across the country. So this is data that I have for every freaking market in the United States. So this is not just like, oh, go drive and find some ugly houses and send some postcards. No, this is like a very systematic approach of how many addresses, where to drive, how to drive, how to add them. Um, it's a very, very clean and clear cut marketing strategy that works. And it works works every time and it works in every single market. And I've never seen anything that gets a better ROI, right? I, I have never had a student 
spend more than 20% of their their total income on marketing. That leaves you with an 80% profit margin if you're doing all of it. That moves the needle really fast. It allows you to reinvest and hire people and automate this process. Right? It's, it's an incredible thing. And the reason I think it's the only and the first one you start with is because I think it's the most competitive way to get started. You're, you're only marketing to the best properties in the best areas with the highest chances of the fastest return on your investment. Because if you go six months without a deal and then you finally get some money coming in, well, now you can then start reinvesting and grow that business. But you're going to get such a fast return on your efforts and your money because you're not going with competition. No one has the list you're building. There might be some houses on there that are on someone else's list, but no one has your exact same list. I mean, think about it. You pull a tax delinquent list, everyone pulled that same list at the same time, and they're all bombarding those same people at the same schedules. It gets delivered to the first of the year and boom, they're just obliterated with marketing. Why are they going to call your postcard? They're not. They're not going to call anybody's postcard because they're annoyed, right? Where with us, do you know how many times we've gotten a hold of people and are like, oh man, I, my house has been vacant for four years. My house has been vacant for seven years. I can't tell you how many times I've had people on my podcast, the Driving for Dollars Mastery podcast and said that. And people are like, there's no way. There's no way there's houses around the corner for me that have been vacant for 10 years. There's no way. And I guarantee you this, 1000% within two miles of your house, there's a deal sitting there that's been waiting for years for you. That's the beauty of this. It's an, it's an amazing strategy. I don't think there's anything better in the world, dude. It's a moneymaker. So what would, uh, what would the haters be saying? If someone were to say, oh, driving for dollars, no, you should be doing X. <laughs> What, what would they be saying? What are the other strategies that someone would try to contest or compete with? You know, the cold calling and texting and. Well, the big one is they say driving for dollars just for new people, but they don't understand, right? They say driving for dollars is not scalable. And then that's their argument where, well, you can buy lists and it's fast and efficient, or you can set up a uh, campaign with Facebook ads and it's done for you, plug and play. Well, the, there's, there's, two problems with this guys. If it's easy to do, there's no barrier of entry. That means everyone's doing it. And so now you're competing with a bunch of people that don't know how to negotiate. They're going to throw crazy numbers. They're going to throw off the expectations of the sellers. You're competing, right? And you don't have the marketing budget to compete in the first place. Okay. So that's the first thing is that the barrier of entry with driving for dollars. It takes just a little bit more effort to build your list which means that 99% of the people aren't going to do it, which is a good thing. It's a good thing that it's harder, right? The next thing that I say is do plug and play, do those things work? 100%. I make a ton of money on radio ads, actually. I love radio ads. It's one of my extra additional marketing strategies that I use because I've tapped out the potential of driving for dollars in my market. But um, it's very expensive. I'm spending... Um, I think I spend over like $25,000 a month on radio ads. Wow. Right? And it, yeah. And it took me, so I, I now have four radio stations that we run, um, you know, one minute ads and we do 50 ads a week. And it took me four other radio stations that we ran tens of thousands of dollars to, to test 
and lost money on to find the ones that actually worked, that mm-hmm. actually had decent ROI. And that's with the proven sales process that we know how to sell, we know how to close. So like, if you're just starting out, like you don't have tens of thousands of dollars to test. Plus you don't have the back and like sales skill set and confidence to know if it's a good lead, you're actually going to close it. Where the cost per lead is so much cheaper and your return on your investment is so much higher with driving for dollars, it's by far the only way that anyone should start. For example, my my average deal with all channels, it doesn't matter, is well over 30 grand. Okay. But I spend less than 10 cents to make a dollar. That means off a $30,000 deal with driving for dollars, I'm only spending uh, $3,000 or so per, per deal we close on marketing. It is three times that. No, more than that. I spent 60 cents to make a dollar to 50 cents to make a dollar. So I'm spending $15,000, right, ish per deal I close on radio versus $3,000. So that means you're going to have to go and compete and spend tons of money on some of this paid traffic, like radio, Facebook ads, um, some of these other channels. So to me, it's a very simple mathematic number. It's it's it, to me. It's is it, my mentor said one time when I was telling him, you know, how hard life was and how hard my business was. He said, he said, Zach, I love you, but I really don't care about your feelings right now. I want data, not drama. Was his exact words. Right. And to me, I look at this as a very mathematical and systematic approach. I've never seen anything that works as well as this mathematically. Never. Not not in all the time and all the different marketing channels I've ever tested, seen, gurus I've met with. There's nothing like it. So I got two questions that come to mind. My first is um, how how do you coach people to find the time to do it? I could see that being a big objection. Oh, I don't have the time to do it. A, they have a job, um, a, you know, a W two job, and and this is a you know new side hustle for them, or uh, they just don't get excited about driving, right? And then uh, the other thing is like, how do you scale it? How do you add in team members or or different people into the business to help do the driving for you so you can systematize it? So even if someone had the money to pay me to coach them, I will not coach them unless they have at least fifteen hours to spend on their business per week. That's my criteria. So does it take time? 100%. In the beginning, I'm going to want you to drive. In the beginning, you should drive and learn how to set up the systems, right? Know how the systems work and what you can expect from your people. Um, Do I drive now? No. I haven't driven forever, right? I did a 40-day challenge, you know, and and drove there and showed how possible it was to make crazy money quickly. Um, But it doesn't take a massive amount of time to drive. So your your, if you're doing it correctly, you should be able to add anywhere between 50 to 100 properties to your marketing list, marketing list every single hour, right? So um, it's not going to take a massive amount of time. But if you're like, oh, I don't have time, that's fine, right? But I promise you, there's nothing that's going to work this well. There's nothing. So, so to me, it's like if you really don't have time, eh, I, I, I'd argue that fact. You don't have 15 hours. What it is, is you actually don't have enough pain to push you to do the work and you really don't want it bad enough. What you're really saying to me is it would be nice to be a very successful, wealthy real estate investor, but I don't actually want to go through the pain of doing the work enough, right? Because that's more painful than the pain of not having the success. 
So I, I really don't think it's an issue of time. I think it's an issue of people's true desires. Yeah, absolutely. So when you actually get this going and you've done it yourself, you've gotten results, you're making money. How do you scale it? How do you actually get other people in place so that you're not doing the driving? You got other people doing the driving. Yep. So we have one driver adding 2000 properties a week. Um, and he drives about 30 hours is roughly what we're paying him. Right. So 2000 divided by 30. What is that? So he's getting about 66.6 addresses an hour on average with his driving. And that's going to and from locations that we want him to drive. So one driver, most people think when they hear that I'm doing a million dollar a year wholesaling operation with driving for dollars, they think I have a fleet of drivers. Nope, not at all. I have one driver that's not even full-time. This this uh, part-time driver is also my lead manager. His name's Dustin and he's servicing leads that are coming in and he's in preparation to be our second acquisition manager for land. So, so for me, it's like, I don't need someone full-time and it's an awesome entry-level position to see if they're dependable and they're going to follow through. And we, we, you know, it's kind of our entry level, earn your way into my company kind of thing. It's kind of like your barrier of entry to work for me. So for the driver that's going out and they're, they're following your process, um, they're looking for these different types of properties. Um, what are the main tools that these drivers use? Are they using, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank as soon as I said it. Deal machine. Deal machine. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So we are using deal machine. So there's been lots of companies and I've actually had companies offer me like equity positions to push them. Um, but I honestly don't care. Um, I'm only going to push stuff that really works and that makes sense. Um, deal machine announced actually a couple of weeks ago that I'm their first and only certified coach that they're promoting, um, which has been freaking awesome. Uh, they have other coaches that promote them and use them and they, you know, they mention other coaches, but, uh, David Lecco, the, the founder and owner came to my office a few weeks ago and made this announcement. Super cool. We're actually doing a challenge with deal machine and 21 day challenge. Um, you guys catch, uh, some of our lives on YouTube, uh, we're live there and Instagram and other places, but, um, but yeah, deal machine's incredible. It's a, it's a platform guys, just so you have an understanding of the potential of this. Um, a lot of the updates since 2018 have come for me. I've met with their development team often since then. Um, I met them when I spoke at an event. And so like some of the, the things that are so essential is being able to manage someone to do the driving for you. So first let's say this. Imagine you're out on Google Maps, right? And you see an ugly house. Imagine you could just touch the house on the Google Maps image and it'll upload all the information that you need to contact that person in an Excel spreadsheet that you could export and market to them. That's exactly what Deal Machine is. It's a Google Maps image that tracks where you're at. And you can touch the house and it'll drop a pin on that house and it'll upload information that you need to market to them instantly. Right? So that's how we're adding so many properties quickly. But some of the add-ons that they do to make it so it's possible to manage someone without having to do any of the driving and making sure they're actually driving and they're they're not just laying in their bed, just touching houses, which I have had to pay for in the past. Um, and this is one of the updates that Deal Machine gave me was the route tracking. So the driver can hit start drive and it'll route where they were. It'll highlight the street, color coordinate it. Um, and then it'll also change colors over time. All these were my suggestions to fit my marketing strategy. Um, and... Um, so the route tracking and drive and drive plus the tap to add versus the pin mode tap to add was my suggestion because before, when I first started using deal machine, you had to take a picture of the house, uh, but now all you have to do is touch the, touch the property. Um, and then the other thing that 
um, you know, it's so essential is if you get into the analytics section. So once you log in on your desktop version, you'll be able to see every drive that your driver did, how many addresses they added per hour, um, how many miles they drove, right? The, how many um, pins and there'll, there'll be a timestamp. So, you know, if they, if they're supposed to show up on Monday at 10, 10 AM to the team meeting and report that they added a thousand properties and you see the timestamp all, you know, a thousand properties within the hour before the team meeting, what happens? right? That person laid in their bed and added a thousand properties so they could get paid their 30 hours, right? You fire them immediately. And we catch people all the time doing this, right? Like, so there's, there's systematic ways to manage and see that people are doing exactly what you expect them to do in the way that you would do it. And it's, it's amazing, right? So deal machine is our essential tool right now. hundred percent. I love it, man. Uh, you got me fired up about driving for dollars. <laughs> dude, if you ain't doing it, dude, you're th you're leaving so much damn money on the table. Like if you can make money with other marketing channels in your market, dude, just wait till you open driving for dollars in the way you're supposed to. It's We've definitely done driving fire. for dollars. We've definitely made money from driving for dollars. Um, but you've given me the belief that we could be doing even better driving for dollars. So, um, Dude, Man, if you're not doing at least a half a million dollars a year from driving for dollars where you're at, dude, like I would love to get you to that point. Yeah. Well, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, we're going to talk more about it. So love it. Um, I'm excited, man. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. I know we could probably talk about so much more for hours more. Um, mm -hmm. I always enjoy talking with you. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing some nuggets. Uh, I yeah. was taking notes the whole time, by the way, like <laughs> I was seriously sitting here like, dude, this is just such good information. Um, so for everyone listening, make sure you check out Zach spelt with a K the right way, uh, by going to driving for dollars, mastery, DFD mastery.com. You can check out Zach all over social at Zach booth with an E at the end. Um, so dude, been an absolute pleasure. Any last words for listeners? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys for listening. And if you're still with me, I want to give you guys just one quick thing. You know, um, I wanted to prove the power of driving for dollars. I was so confident in it that I actually did a challenge where I flew across the country to somewhere I'd never been. I went to Tampa at the time and I documented a 40 day challenge with only a thousand dollars to spend on my marketing with a smartphone and a car. I did driving for dollars and documented day by day for you guys to watch for free. I made $93,000 in just 40 days doing what I've been talking about on this podcast. You can watch for free, go to my YouTube channel under playlist to watch the 40 day challenge. So check that out for sure. That's awesome. If you don't watch that, you're missing out, guys. Uh, so make sure you do. Thanks again so much for being on, Zach. And uh, until next time, peace.